Thank you. People call me Newshound. People call me a terrier. She's like a terrier, she's like a dog at a bone. People call me a Labour stooge. People call me a liberal rat. People call me all sorts of things. My inbox every single morning is full of names. But it doesn't mean anything to me because I know who I am. I am a rock chick. It's true, I'd rather be a rock star, but I didn't have the talent for that. So, rock chick will have to do. And at least in the life I live, I get to talk to rock stars. I get to talk to my rock idols. And you just never know what could come of that. That's what propels me every single time. So, Joan Jett, it's been a pleasure to have you on Radio National Breakfast. Hey, Joan, do you want to go for a drink later? Maybe we could be friends. Patty Smith, thanks so much for joining us on Breakfast. Now, Patty, tell me what it was like back in the 70s. Come back to my place, we can shoot the breeze. Of course, it doesn't happen, but you can always dream. I never stop hoping. And there's endless rock idols to interview. Chrissy Amphlett, Sinead O'Connor, Katie Lang, Susie Quattro. Susie Quattro was my first rock idol. It was the first poster I had on my wall. I used to dress like Susie Quattro. I used to sing like Susie Quattro, or so I thought. I used to know all the lyrics to Devil Gate Drive, that sort of thing. Sometimes it doesn't pay to meet your idols. Susie Quattro was a huge disappointment. She was vanilla. And she didn't like it when I pointed that out on radio. And she didn't like it so much. In fact, that trip down, the elevator trip down after the interview, you'd walk someone out, you know, you've done the pre-record, you walk them down and show them out. Frosty. I've never had such a frosty atmosphere in an elevator. But that didn't matter because by then I'd read the story and I was over Susie Quattro. <laughs> There's one rock star, rock chick, that stands out amongst rock chicks. And I don't know, I'm sure a lot of you in the room will agree, it is Chrissy Hind from The Pretenders. Anyone here know Chrissy Hind? Anyone here love Chrissy Hind? Come on. The Pretenders, if you don't know, are a band from the, I think the late 70s was Brass in Pocket and then through the 80s. Huge, huge. And uh, she's still singing with The Pretenders. She is the ultimate for me. So imagine a moment in a young girl's life when she's in London, she picks up the phone. I was the European correspondent. Pick up the phone, it's the Sydney producer from the 7.30 report. Say, hi Fran, hi Quok. Hey, could you do a pick up for us? A pickup is when you're doing an interview for someone else's package. It was going to be packaged by Mark Bannon was doing a piece called Female Rock Legends that in a couple of nights' time on the 7.30 report. I said, oh, yeah, sure. What, who is it? When? It's Chrissy Hine. Do you know Chrissy Hine? I went, <laughs> do I know Chrissy Hine? I've seen The Pretender seven times. I know all the lyrics. I have all the CDs. Sure, Quack, no problem. I can fit that in. Um, so the next... Two days were a little fraught and I was Googling and I was writing questions and I was working out what I was going to wear and I had a haircut and, you know, the whole thing. And then Mark had some questions that he wanted me to ask. Of course, it was his story, not mine. He'd already interviewed Bonnie Raitt. So we arrive at the interview and I've got Mark's questions and my questions and Chrissy Hine walks in, glasses, yellow jackets, scowly face, you know, doesn't really say anything. We sit down. Before the cameras are rolling, she said... I hate doing this. I really hate doing this. This is why I'm getting out of the business. Getting out of the business? I'm moving to Brazil. I'm never going to record again. I hate doing it. I hate interviews like this. I really hate this. They're making me do this one. I hate it. I'm dying inside. And um, 
It was worse than that, actually. I was feeling a little uncomfortable already. I'd got dressed that morning, and I'd put on the jeans, and I'd put on the boots, and I'd put on the leather jacket, and my girlfriend said, uh-uh, not the leather jacket. I said, why? She said, Chrissy Hines, she's an animal liberationist, like she's a mad, rabid, petter animal. She's gone to jail for it. So I took off the leather jacket. I thought, good tip. And, uh, but as soon as she walked in, we sat down, she goes, are they leather boots? And I was like, the boots. I forgot the boots. So we got off on the wrong foot anyway, and then she just told me how she hates doing interviews like this and she was only doing it under sufferance. So, okay. She's going to do it. That's a start. Camera's rolling. I've got the first question. I know Mark had asked Bonnie Ray. The first question he wanted to kick off with was, so, um, you know, tell me in a few words how you describe yourself. And Bonnie Ray had said, I'm a survivor, I'm feisty, I'm strong and independent, I'm full of mischief, and I know what I'm doing. What a great answer. What a great answer from a rock legend. So, Chrissy Hine, if I asked you to tell me, if you use a few words to describe yourself, I wouldn't use a few words to describe myself. <laughs> okay, well, what, what would you say? I wouldn't describe myself. Why would I describe myself? What, like an advert or something? <laughs> Okay, so that was a bad start, so I thought I'd take it to another tangent. So, okay. Tell me what it's like being a 52-year-old woman in the rock and roll business. Well, she didn't like that either. <laughs> she said, I don't know what you mean. Okay. Well, you know, you've been in the rock business a long time, and it's a bit of a youth world, and you're a survivor. You're a mature woman, she didn't like that, in the rock and roll business, you know. Is that tough? No. I'm just doing what I always do. And the thing you've got to understand for a pickup interview is you need long answers because Mark needs to cut the answer out and put it in his piece. So three words don't really work. So I keep plugging away, you know, I'm so eager. So, well, you know, do you feel like in all this time you're a role model for women in the rock? I don't like women. I don't like men. I don't like gender. I just like people. People always bring the feminist thing in. I'm not, I'm not a feminist. I said, well, why aren't you a feminist? You're an animal liberationist. Why aren't you a feminist? I'm not a feminist because a feminist told me once I'm not a feminist. So, okay. Okay, so, and then I'm sitting there trying to regroup. And all of a sudden, there's a bit of noise outside. It's a bit distracting, but, you know, it's the middle of London. A bit of noise. She stands up, strides across the room, doesn't say anything to us. The cameras are rolling. Opens the door, screamed into the corridor, could you keep it down out there? We're trying to do a television interview in here. She strides back, sits down and goes, so, how am I doing? I'm trying really hard. And I think, you're doing really badly and you're not even trying. And the sort of, the, the, the fan inside me is just really shriveling up. But I say, you're doing great, Chrissy. If we could just have the answers a little longer. Okay, she said, and she sort of acts as though she's going to do something like that. So I say, I try again. In the 80s, the pretenders were huge. You played to full stadiums, you played to rock festivals, you were the headline act. The other day I saw you at Shepherd's Bush in a pub with three or four hundred people. <laughs> what was I thinking? How does that feel? Well, clearly it didn't feel too good because she gave me a really filthy look. And I said, you know, are you surprised that people are still coming to see you after 30 years? It's sort of like... The heart said fan, the head said, you know, news hound, and I was going about it all the wrong way. To be honest, I don't think it would have mattered how I went about it. But so we went on and on like this for a while. And then I said, okay, I'll try another tack. Chrissy Hine, I read somewhere that you said that domesticity doesn't sell. And she said, well, I didn't say that. It's a good line, but I didn't say it. 
I said, okay. Well, I also read and I started, she said, that's the problem with interviews like this. People go to the internet, they look up what you've said, and then they come back and try and get you to say it again. It's boring. It's boring, she said. And I'm thinking, this is the rock star I love, and she's just called me boring. This is possibly the worst moment of my journalistic rock and roll career. I'm boring. I thought we'd better wrap it up. So I try one last time. I have to get a grab for Mark, because by now... The groupie's completely given up, that's dead. And I'm thinking, all I can salvage is something from my journalistic integrity. I've got to get Mark a grab for the piece. So I try one more time. I say, Chrissy Hine, you've got two daughters. What would you be telling them? Would you be recommending them a life on the stage? Well, she was like a changed woman. She brightened up, she sat up, she said, absolutely. Pick up your pencils, girls, and start writing. It's a great job, it's lots of fun. People pay you for doing something you love to do. Why wouldn't you go for it? I breathed a sigh of relief. At last I got more than three words. She was smiling. I said, Chrissy Hine, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Normally, you know, like I'd come prepped for this interview. I was a little overexcited, as you can tell. I had a bag full of CDs I was going to get signed, that kind of thing. You know, just a little keen. I thought now's not the time. So I didn't try and shake a hand and be a friend. I didn't even drag out the CDs to be signed. I just thought, let's, you know, cut it now. You know, the fan was dead. The fan was slaughtered on the floor. I said, Chrissy Hine, that's great. Thanks so much, Chrissy, and thought she'd walk out the door. Well, guess what Chrissy Hine did? She stands up, she reaches into a bag, she pulls out her camera, she comes over, she puts her arm around me, hands her camera to the camera and says, hey, take our photo, let's get a photo together. And then she hangs around and wants to chat. It was like such... It was like she wanted to be my friend. It was like so confusing. Anyway... She went her way, I went my way, we weren't friends and as I say, the fan inside was really pretty much dead and buried but it was just an interview, she's a rock star, who am I, I'm nothing. So I went back to my life. The lesson from this, in case you're wondering, is just don't ever try and interview your idol. That's the lesson. It's a huge disappointment. But I still think she plays great rock and roll. So she was in Sydney a couple of years ago and I went out to see her at the Enmore Theatre. She's 59 by now, okay? She's 59. She was sensational. She was brilliant. The band was hot. She was hot. She was grouchy. She was stroppy. She had attitude. Her songs are sensational. She was great. Fantastic. I was so overwhelmed by the whole experience. The whole thing came back to me. I went, and I'm sure you can guess this, I went running down the side alley of the Enmore Theatre to wait backstage for Chrissy Hyde, just for another serve. I waited and I waited and I waited and she didn't come. What was I hoping? What was I hoping at that moment? I think I was hoping that she'd come out that door and she'd go, Hey Fran, I haven't seen you since London, why don't we go out for a drink? But it didn't happen and I still love Chrissy Hyde. <laughs> <laughs>